Welcome into Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. I think I'm going to start calling these episodes the random bag of crap episodes. And I mean that in a few different ways this week. I got a bunch of random crap to talk about. And some of it, the bulk of it that we're about to talk about is uh, mostly crap. So uh, we will be talking about chapter 86 drafts that just came out a few hours ago. Well, it's currently Friday morning. Talk about those. Uh, I watched The Boys and Miss Marvel. I just want to give a couple thoughts on those finales without spoiling anything for anybody. And uh, then we'll take some questions from Instagram. Make sure you stay to the end, though, so I can tell you about this dead deer situation I've been dealing with. And I also give some advice on how to start a podcast in one of these Instagram questions at the end. And y'all know that's like my favorite thing to talk about. So talk about that toward the end. Let's start with chapter 86, Full Power Battle. So full summaries came out, and I'll be honest, I don't even want to read the full summary, because it's a lot of like, this person punches that person, that person kicks this person in the head, and it's like, okay, I get it, a lot of action. However, I will read the whole summary, because there's a bunch of characters involved. Full power battle, indeed. It seems like we're approaching the end. Maybe not the end this month, but 87 could be it. Seems like they're getting just as bored with it uh, as I have been, so that's cool, I guess. So let's just, again, random bag of crap at the wall. Let me just read these summaries, okay? So this comes from DBS Chronicles, uh, tweeted it out, but the source is Mugiwara underscore 23 on Twitter. Chapter 86, Full Power Battle. Gas uses a kind of telekinesis to strangle Goku and tries to break his neck. Goku frees himself by teleporting behind him. He tries to hit Gas. But Gas punches Goku. It's gonna be so much like this. Uh, Gas tells Goku that every cell in his body is burning like fuel and that he had never felt anything like that before. That came out in the drafts a few days back, obviously hinting to the idea that Gas is about to burn through, like, his actual power, his probably life. Uh, but they're talking about it actually being like, uh, like the cells in his body are burning like fuel or something like that. Gas creates a whirlwind where he traps Goku, then fires several key beams at him that cut Goku's body. Elak is happy to see his brother fighting like this. Maki says that she doesn't know if it's right for Gas to win that way. Win what way? Maki, what? Win what way? In a way in which it's about to kill him? Not right? Gas creates a big arm. That's your first hint as to what's coming. Gas creates a big arm with his powers and hits Goku. Oil says that it seems Gas has aged. Elek tells him that nothing happens because his power has not diminished. Oh yeah, he looks older than you? Don't worry about it. His power's the same, so... You know, looks really skin deep, baby. Don't judge a book by its old-ass cover, you know what I mean? Goku tells Gas that he should be careful, because the balance between his power and his body have been broken. So... Using too much power for your body, Goku being the good guy is like, I'm warning you, don't do that. Gas creates big legs with his power and kicks Goku. So, so far we counted uh, one big arm, two big legs, got it. Goku tries to attack him. Gas creates two big arms with his powers and goes for Goku. Before both collide, a key blast comes between them. It's Granola that flies hits Goku. 
oh shit, what a turn of events. Granola is back and he seems to be after Goku. Interesting. Elec is surprised to see that Granola still hates the Saiyans and tells Granola that if he kills them, he will hire Granola again. <laughs> Which I think is funny. Elec's just like, hey, that's cool. You want a job? I know that I killed your mom and, you know, tried to kill you and your buddy, but if you want to help me kill these guys, because, like, I just signed up that my brother is, like, uh, the rest of his life, and it doesn't seem to be going as well as I'd hoped, so. Good old Elec, the enterprising businessman he is, just hedging his bets so he always comes out on top. Granola tells Goku that he has heard the voice of... <laughs> oh, this one. Granola tells Goku that he has heard the voice of Bardock in a dream and tells Goku what he is going to do. Okay. You can hear somebody mowing their lawn. Sorry. It's like, uh, again, 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, 9.15. Okay. So if somebody's mowing their lawn, forgive me. But uh, you heard his voice in a dream, dog. That's what this is. You couldn't have just been like, I woke up. I, I healed enough to not be knocked unconscious anymore and knew I had to get back to the fight. Couldn't have had Manito wake me up and be like, hey man, you gotta come help him out. This is looking pretty bleak. No, you heard Bardock's voice in a dream. I just don't understand why they keep shoving Bardock in here so much. Especially because I know what happens at the end of this goddamn summary and it's like, what did we do all this Bardock shit for, man? <sighs> Anyways, let me read that again. Granola tells Goku that he has heard the voice of Bardock in a dream and tells Goku what he is going to do. Granola begins to charge a large key ball in his hands. Goku tells him that he will buy some time for Granola to prepare his attack. So, like, the heel flip is like that, like, uh, two pages. He's like, actually, I'm gonna kill Goku. I hit him with a key blast. Actually, hey, I just, your dad talked to me in my dreams and buy me some time while I charge up a butt. Like, why even do it in the first place? Why not make Granola's re-entrance into this battle fucking cool instead of confusing? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Goku stops Gas's giant fist and manages to kick him in the stomach. Gas then creates two giant feet. Like, what's up with the big-ass body parts? Didn't you make, like, a bunch of weapons before and now it's all body parts? Get out, dude. Gas, two giant feet? I hate feet, man. Gas then creates two giant feet because Kyle hates feet and slams Goku into the ground. How are you going to slam a dude into the ground with his feet? You mean like stomp on him? It's like a foot job kind of deal where he picks you up with the soles of his feet and then smashes you like a, like a suplex or something? Like, I don't... I don't know. Gas sees Granola and throws a key ball at him, but Goku creates a barrier to protect Granola. Gas launches several key attacks at Goku until he loses consciousness. Okay. This sounds like every other goddamn battle that we've had in this arc. Well, somebody got knocked out. Somebody tagged in. Which I guess is every Dragon Ball battle, but it, this one just seems like the most repetitive uh, example of this that I have in recent memory. Gas is exhausted, but is ready to kill Granola. However, Vegeta arrives and headbutts Gas. Cool. Even that moment where I know it'll look cool as hell, Vegeta headbutting him right in the goddamn mouth, gonna look sick. Can't wait to see it. But also, like, it doesn't make me feel any better about this. Uh, Vegeta tells Granola to hurry up and finish preparing his attack. 
Oil and Maki go to help Gas, but Minaito appears between them and makes them sleep with his hypnosis. Okay. Okay. You got me, guys. Yo, this motherfucker had hypnosis this whole time, and this is the first time he's thought to use it in any point in this arc, whether it be the current day stuff or the stuff 40 years ago. This old-ass Namekian bastard has had hypnosis powers this whole time, and I don't really think he's used them. At least not to, uh, like, do anything with the villains. Like, we've been in some tight spots, Manito. You, you couldn't put a motherfucker to sleep prior to this? <sighs> also, you've robbed me of the opportunity to see Oil and Maki actually get involved in a fight. I wanted to see that. They've been comic relief this entire arc, but they've been hinting at the idea that, or the idea, excuse me, that they too have the ability to like unleash their inner instinct and maybe be powerful, formidable foes, especially if they're backing up gas. I mean, Alec presumably has that same power, right? Are we even going to see that? Or is Alec going to run away at the motherfucking end of this bullshit battle? <sighs> Where did I leave off? Yo, motherfucker put a motherfucker to put two motherfuckers to sleep all at once. Thought of it just now. God damn. Granola finishes the preparation of his attack. Vegeta holds gas so that Granola doesn't fail. So Vegeta's going for the sacrifice play here. And I'm sure I'll be like, oh no, but again, I know how this silly stuff ends, so. Ugh. Gas breaks free from Vegeta and goes for Granola. Goku wakes up and creates a giant body like when he fought Moro. I knew it was coming, but I didn't think it was the next bullet point you know what i mean i thought like i still have a little bit to go here not much but a little bit but yeah goku uh giant energy body goku mode to fight against gas's giant arms and feet again two arcs in a row giant goku i don't think anybody's really sure how and when he learned this technique or, I remember when he first did it in Moro, I just thought it was like a visual representation of him powering up to this crazy level. And his energy was that big. But, like, nah, he was actually like a a physical being made of, I guess, just key. And it's just a giant version of himself. And, uh, I, personally, I think that's fucking dumb. You know? But I... I was like, whatever, we're done with Moro. Moro ended up being a little sloppy toward the end, but I enjoyed the majority of the Moro arc. This arc, man, ugh. Ugh, get it over with. Give me the Goku is Bardock's son imagery at the end of this so we can move on. And they're like, oh, you remember that thing, Kyle, that you didn't like in that last arc about the giant Goku energy being that was never explained nor really talked about thereafter? Yeah, man, we're going to do that again. Sick. Anyway, picking up where we left off, Goku wakes up and creates a giant body like when he fought Moro. Goku grabs gas and throws him out of the planet, which... I, I'm curious to see how that's drawn. Like, does he pick him up, twirl him around a little bit, and just whoop? Be sick. Granola tries to target Gas, but he can't because he has his eyes damaged. But Oatmeal helps him and manages to shoot a large key ball that hits Gas. Gas falls to the ground. Oil and Maki go to his aid. 
Granola didn't kill him. He does not want revenge with anyone anymore. So that's a little confusing to me. Granola didn't kill Gas on purpose because he doesn't want revenge on anybody anymore. Is that what they're saying? I believe that's what they're saying. Granola makes, made the decision to hit him, but not with like a fatal blast because he doesn't want to take revenge on anyone anymore. I think is how that's supposed to be read. Granola tells them to take him home and never come back. You take your beat up, old man, little brother looking motherfucker and get the fuck off my planet. Goku and Vegeta reach Granola, who apologizes to them. The chapter ends with gas on the ground. It seems that he has finally been defeated. The end of the summary. Whew, so is that really the end? My question is, uh, Oil and Maki are there to help get their boy, you know, resituated, and they have this little, I don't want revenge thing anymore. Where's Big Brother Elect, man? Doesn't he have some shit of brewing? Are they all going to have to combine forces to kill Elect now? That'd be sick. Actually, I take back that shit I said about revenge. I'll take revenge just one more time. And then, no more revenge. Till the next time. I don't know. I hope next month is the last month. Please, please, God damn it, let it be the last month. Move on to a new story. The beginning of Dragon Ball arcs always make me feel so much better, man. Truly, because it's just like, it's like coming into the spring from out of the winter. Renewed hope. Possibility. Grass is green. I ain't got no stupid motherfucking horned blue skinned bitch named Gas in my face for eight months at a time. Trying to appease his stupid dumbass brother who, I mean, is basically just, what? Frieza's business associate who is upset with his status and the fucking hierarchy. Get the fuck out of here, Heat again. Get out. <sighs> I am curious to see what happens with Granola now. Because they made real sure to underline that whole you've condensed your lifespan thing. And it seems like that's just another one of the many, 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 many drop plot threads in this arc. And actually, what's, what's good about this, I think, again, I think next month will be the last month. But I have to go back and reread the Granola arc from start to finish, unfortunately. I have to go back and reread it for an episode I'm going to be doing in August. Uh, for the five-year Super Dope anniversary. Five-year Super Dope anniversary. Uh, we'll have a special guest on, and basically we're just going to talk through the granola arc a little bit. So I, uh, you know, sort of like what what we expected based on how it started and where it eventually went, and maybe like what we would change about it, and, uh, you know, some more stuff about the, the future of Super and all that stuff. So uh, that one's yet to be recorded, but it is going to be focused largely on the granola arc, so I have to go back and reread all of this stuff, but there are so many drop plot threads in this one. Maddening. Even Toyotaro, dude, I saw a tweet where somebody said something to the effect of, even Toyotaro's bored, you can tell. He just threw it all out there. It's like, yeah, man, just, just get it done, please. Just get it. Get it over and done with. At this point, I guess. I... I mm. I hate being frustrated with Dragon Ball. Anybody who's hearing this who's like, yo, this kid just likes to complain about Dragon Ball, do me a favor and shut the fuck up. That's not the case. I love when Dragon Ball's good. The inverse of that is, I hate when Dragon Ball's bad. Unfortunately for me, Dragon Ball puts out 
more bad content than they do good content, but whatever, I love it anyway. I'm a dumbass for this intellectual property. However, I'm also a dumbass for other intellectual properties. I'm a stupid Marvel stan. And I gotta tell you, I think Miss Marvel might be. This is probably a controversial statement. Everyone who has an answer to this usually goes with Loki. I think Miss Marvel is the best Marvel Plus, or excuse me, Marvel Plus, the best Disney Plus Marvel show to this point. Miss Marvel was so goddamn good. Holy shit. And I don't want to spoil anything. I do, I would like to maybe talk about it in the future. I think I'm actually going on another podcast uh, in the next week or two to talk about the boys full in-depth spoilers and maybe miss marvel i believe this guy watches miss marvel as well so seriously if you haven't watched it if you thought like i don't want to watch some 15 year old uh pakistani girl from jersey city get goofy stretchy powers that was like your thought process like i don't know this character blah blah, blah. i mean she is real relatively new to marvel right like 2014 i believe is when she came out so if you thought this one wasn't for you put that shit aside go watch it it's very fun it's very, um, I don't want to say educational, but like they do a good job explaining what the partition uh, was when the British occupation of India came out and like all the ramifications of that and how a lot of families got separated from one another. That's a big part of like the, the origin story of Miss Marvel's family and coming to America in the first place from Pakistan. Um, and like, it's I mean, it's Marvel, it's a, it's a kid Marvel superhero thing. So like it is kind of skewed younger a little, you know, but it's still just very well written, very fun, very heartfelt. And it's, it plays in the, in the larger world and certainly has implications for the future of, um, I mean, definitely for the future of the next Miss Mar uh, Captain Marvel movie, certainly, uh, it definitely plays into probably some stuff we're going to see in Ant-Man and the wasp quantum mania right that's the name of that one i feel like i've been waiting on that movie forever uh but and obviously she's probably going to be somebody who works into the young avengers plan somewhere down the line with um you know kate bishop and uh, all the other uh, maybe kid loki all the other young avengers that they've sort of backdoor introduced in other properties to this point so uh watch miss marvel that's pretty much my spoiler free review it's very fun everyone in her family her mom, her dad, her brother, her sister-in-law, her, they're all perfectly cast. I saw somebody make a comment about like, she just needs to stop overacting, meaning the actress who plays Kamala Khan. Kamala Khan, that's how I'm supposed to say it. That's, ugh. They're two different names, Kyle, stop it. Kamala Khan. Miss Marvel, I'm just gonna say Miss Marvel. Um, I saw people complaining that like she overacts a little bit, like she's too expressive, a little too over the top. And it's like, dude, have you ever talked to a fucking fifteen-year-old girl before? You ever talked to a kid in high school before? A lot of kids are like that. It's kind of annoying. Kids are inherently annoying. She's not annoying about it though. I think that she's very charming and very funny. A uh, lot of, and this might be just me like tracing one brown girl onto another, which makes me sound awful. But uh, hear me out on this. A lot of her comedic timing and beats remind me a lot of Mindy Kaling from The Office, Kelly Kapoor. Uh, and thinking about it, I'm not sure how old this actress is. I assume she's at least like 16, 18, 20, somewhere in there. Because probably older because of like Hollywood working laws and all that shit, right? But thinking back, like there's probably never been a time in that actress's life 
where Kelly Kapoor or Mindy Kaling wasn't on TV being like a representation of her or like what she looks like on TV. So like, even though like, yes, they're both of Indian Pakistani descent. I, I, again, I'm terrible with trying to divide up how that works, but, um, I believe Kelly's Indian. I don't know. Watch the show. You'll understand a little bit more about why that's so confusing, honestly. And uh, you can just feel Mindy Kaling's like influence on her comedic timing. And I just, I loved it. The show was so much fun. That's Miss Marvel. That's my spoiler-free review. Go watch it. Don't be a bitch, okay? Oh, I don't like girls. Girls aren't superheroes, Kyle. I don't like it. Ma. Ma. They do a virtue signaling. Y'all hear my coffee in the background? That's cool. The Boys. Finished watching The Boys last week. And I hadn't been watching it week to week, as I feel like I should have been. But I caught up with all of it in like two or three days. And, uh, dude. Season three of The Boys is some of the most grotesque, fucking sickening television. But somehow, simultaneously, is some of the best television I've ever seen. No spoilers, right? But in the first episode, there is a scene in the first five minutes where I watched it and I was like, oh, huh. I forgot what the boys was like. This is a new level of gross. I'm not sure if I want to do this to myself today and like be witness to all this crazy blood gore and violence. I don't think I want to do this. So I like walked out of the room. While the scene wrapped up, came back two minutes later, and I like sat down with it, and I saw, I don't know who starts off the scene, let's say it's fucking Huey, or like, Billy Butcher, whoever it is. I'm like, oh yeah, what's up, dude? Saw Frenchie and Kimiko, I'm like, oh my god, my friends, I love Frenchie and Kimiko, they're my favorite characters on the show, hands down. They have a very, very cool arc, actually, and they're both, both their arcs like kind of intertwined, but like, they're sort of separate and independent. I felt like over the first two seasons, Frenchie and Kimiko kind of get like uh, backburnered a little bit, or like they're just sort of plot devices to be able to let them do a science thing or a superhero thing. But it's um, it's cool to see them have very cool stories this season. Butcher's uh, story is awesome. Huey's and Starlight's story is awesome. Uh, Homelander, whew, he is the scariest motherfucker. And, like, you know, if you've watched the first two seasons of it, you, you know this. It's no secret, but the boys hate soups, and they want to kill Homelander and all the soups. And that's pretty much the driving motivation for them to do what they want to do, generally, broadly speaking. And they come close, I thought, at one point this season. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, are they about to kill Homelander? And then I had, like, this offshoot of thoughts i'm like can you have this show without homelander i don't think you can this show is homelander's show the 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 suspense around him being the strongest of the strong man and how just like mentally unstable he is it's fucking fascinating man and he keeps getting put in these situations where like he's got more somehow more and more visibility more and more responsibility it's ridiculous to me like he was already the most famous superhero in the world this season that gets elevated to another level in regards to how he influences the superhero world. Uh, he was already responsible for a, a million fucking things. Somehow that gets elevated to also he's dabbling in fatherhood now and just like trying to fucking find love from somebody who 
isn't the general public or people that work with him or maybe not even people that work with him. People who work with him hate him too, right? If you haven't watched the boys, watch the boys. Uh, if you were a Supernatural fan and you watched any of those 15 long-ass seasons, I personally didn't. Uh, Jensen Ackles from Supernatural is fucking awesome as Soldier Boy. Wasn't sure what the character of Soldier Boy was about outside of obviously being a parody of Captain America to some extent. And like the way they weave him into the season, I feel like they didn't, we didn't see him enough. Honestly, I, I like you see little drips and drabs of Soldier Boy in like the first few episodes. I'm like, dude, when's this guy showing up? He's got to be in it, right? And then he shows up and he's such a fucking fun character and, uh, not only fun, but like really powerful and kind of scary at times. Uh, definitely scary at times. And the convergence of the boys and Homelander and Soldier Boy and other members of the Seven. Like, god damn, dog. Plus, episode six, the one everyone talked about for some reason for a while, Herogasm. As the word implies, superheroes have sex in that one. Oh my god. It's actually undercut though because the end of herogasm has the best fight scene i've ever seen in the series and and herogasm is like episode six there's eight episodes overall this fight in herogasm at the end was so good i was like man i can't wait to see how they top this in the finale and then you get to the finale and it's it's good but it's not like that climax was Oh, Climax, because Herogasm, get it? That's funny. I didn't even mean to do that, but... Yeah. Anyway, watch The Boys. Uh, definitely well worth your time if you're feeling a little burnt out on um, the conventional superhero bullshit. Thor Love and Thunder. I will say, I had a good time with that movie, but I think I can understand why people aren't liking it. You can tell that it's edited very heavily in the middle. So many of those scenes in the middle just feel super fucking disjointed and like they do not connect at all. And it's like, all right, we fought this one big thing on to the next big thing that we have to fight. It's still fun. I mean, I think I love comedy more than most people probably like I'm, I'm looking to laugh at literally everything. I love to laugh, but I, uh, I think some people want Thor to be a little bit more serious and just don't appreciate how like jokey. Everything is in a Taika Waititi film, especially that one. I hear they ad-libbed a ton of the dialogue on that one, like Larry David, Curb Your Enthusiasm style. So uh, I can see why people aren't thrilled with it. I wouldn't say it was a bad movie. Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher was pretty gross, which, yeah, you know, I think that's the intended effect. Scary, nasty, but... You know, maybe he didn't do enough God butchering for uh, for uh, most of the audience. So, I don't know. I like Thor. I have to go see it a second time, though. And honestly, like, I had watched episode one of The Boys, season three, before I went to see Thor. Like, I watched it, in, like, in the afternoon, and then I went to see Thor around, like, seven or eight o'clock. And I saw that gross-ass fucking scene where I was just like, I don't want to do this, man. Why would I make my eyes go through this? Who would willingly sign up to watch this happen to this. Ugh, it's so fucking gross. Now, ugh, ugh. 
That sound actually will come up again when I talk about the dead deer at the end, if you're still here. So I think, yeah, I was just like already looking to like have a sanitized, like safe superhero experience. Haven't been just a couple of hours removed from that. So maybe that made me enjoy Thor more. Thor for more. Thor for more. Lord, love and thunder. I feel like I'm just having a stroke, but I'm fine, guys. I swear. Uh, so yeah, those are my general thoughts on those things that I don't know. I thought about making an individual podcast about, but let's be real, dogs. I can barely fucking get myself in front of a microphone right now. It's just been so busy, a lot of stuff going on, which is a good problem to have. But uh, I was sort of short up on stuff to talk about this week on an episode. I could have broken down any of those in depth, but with who? How much fun would that be? Do I want to go through editing all that? Not really. I'll just sit down on a microphone and yell at you myself, and then it'll be a much quicker editing job, which is cool. But I was a little hard up for some uh, shit to talk about outside of those things. So I did take a few questions on Instagram from you guys. I expected them to be mostly uh, Dragon Ball, and uh, some of them were not. So I uh, asked myself, am, am I going to answer the ones that aren't Dragon Ball? Is that worth everyone's time? Then I decided, fuck everyone's time. I'll just answer them all. And if you don't like it, that's uh, that sucks. Sorry. Take a look. I got a handful of them from a handful of you, but uh, some of these are quick. Some of these are not so quick. When are you going to watch One Piece? The answer to this question is likely never. I just, I don't know. That's a lot, man. It's like 900 episodes, right? What? What am I going to do that for? I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. There's a reason it's run like 25 years or whatever it is. But I was put in prison and they were like, hey man, only fucking thing that you can do past the time is either sit here in silence or watch One Piece from episode one through like 925, whatever it is. It might take me like the first year of my imprisonment to get bored enough to watch One Piece. There's a lot of shit going on up top, dog. Multiverse of Marvel. Loki. Doctor Strange. Spider-Man. TVA. What's the go with it all? That's from the boy Reese. Um, I'm trying to figure out what this question means. I think what you're trying to say is that there's a lot of different multiversal level shit going on in the MCU that we all thought would have broken the timeline or broken the dimensions or whatever was supposed to happen by now. And these things all keep happening. Uh, throw WandaVision on top of that, you know. Um, Sylvie killing Kang. Uh, I think that's what TVA. So anyway, what's the go with it all? I, I would say is they're going to fuck up as many different parts uh, of this universe as they can. So that way something or like the, the, um, the climax of all these events. And I assume this is going to actually. I thought this was going to be a quick one. It's not. Uh, phase four of Marvel has done a very poor job, in my opinion, so far for three main reasons. Okay. One is, it's just too much of it and it all feels like required reading. Do I enjoy the required reading? Yes, I fucking do. I'll watch it every goddamn Wednesday for as long as I live. It's cool. I'm down with it, but I can see why people get frustrated when it all feels like required reading for what ultimately ends up being like a scene and a half at the end of 
you know, each respective TV series or movie or whatever. It's too much of it. That's problem one. Number two, everything has been very, very self-contained, remarkably self-contained. WandaVision did not really, I mean, it does because Wanda's crazy, but like the events of WandaVision and those multiversal implications of the Westview hex and all that shit didn't really factor into the multiversal part of Doctor Strange outside of Wanda was fucking nuts after all of that happened. We thought it would be like a cause and effect, like because Wanda did this at Westview, it ripped a, a hole in the universe and now Doctor Strange has to, nope, nope, Wanda was just pissed and was like, you know what, I'm gonna get my kids today. Same with Spider-Man Far From Home. That was the one in between, right? Like, the Westview Hex doesn't factor in into Spider-Man. Spider-Man doesn't really factor into Doctor Strange. Like, it all feels very, very, very self-contained. And then the third problem is, while I appreciate them not making every single movie or TV series, I mean, I think I would actually like some of the TV series to be a little bit longer, but I do appreciate every movie not being three to four hours long. I do like that. I do have to get up and rock a piss like once every couple hours. Otherwise, I get very uncomfortable and tend to enjoy things less. However, they're over-editing as a response to people's critiques on that. And uh, I think also, you know, the lack of connectivity or the self-contained feeling that Phase 4 has had to this point is also like a, a fan reaction or a reaction to the fans, which might be the better way to say it. It's like, everyone thinks that it's just setting up the next thing all the time. We don't really get character stories. I think we've gotten some good character stories in Phase 4, 100%. It just, it's remarkable to me how little they've influenced other parts or like, like the Eternals. How in the fuck is nobody in these movies or these TV series talking about that big ass uh, or Celestial like sitting in the middle of the ocean? How, uh, Eternals sucked. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I almost walked out of Eternals. It was so bad. But, like, that's pretty big implication on the world. How is nobody talking about this stuff, you know? Very uh, it's surprising. And I think it's all in reaction to fans. Make the movie shorter, which gives us, in the case of Thor, like I said before, very heavily edited in the middle, to the point where even a fucking dumbass like me can tell. So, when you do that to try to make things two hours or less, it just, it can have a negative impact on the storytelling. And when you have already made your bones about the connectivity of the Marvel universe. And that's what made the first few phases of those Avengers movies or those solo movies that led to the Avengers movies and Avengers movie that led to civil war and civil war that led to infinity war. Like all of that was cool because yeah, it, it was required viewing in that. Like it, it was a piece of the story that you needed. Now, some of these stories feel kind of optional. Like on, honestly, you could probably skip miss Marvel. Don't because it's a well-written ass series, but feels super self-contained outside of the fact that the Department of Damage Control is heavily uh, featured. It was also featured very prominently in Spider-Man, and it ties into the future of the next Captain Marvel movie. And honestly, I'm sure if you just go see the next Captain Marvel movie, which I'm sure a bunch of you boys just cringed about that, but the next Captain Marvel movie, I'm sure they'll catch you up real fast on what happened to Miss Marvel, like in a couple of scenes. So uh, that all is a long way to preamble <laughs> to... What's going to happen with all these multiversal events? I imagine they're going to culminate in Secret Wars, right? Uh, the multi-universal survival, all the universes trying to take out the other universes. I imagine it'll be some cinematic version of that. I just think that because they've established the TVA as this uh, you know, entity committed to correcting any uh, 
what do they call them? Nexus event, not Nexus events. Those are the permanent ones. The timeline branches, you know, the thing, the universes that they have to prune. Like they have this whole body dedicated to just that. So like little blips on the radar, not that they're little, but in regard, in like relatively speaking to Kang and his abilities and his TVA's abilities as a, as an entity, he could take care of a thing like, oh, you did this multiversal spell where everyone forgot Peter Parker? Yeah, whatever. Oh, WandaVision, Hex? Yeah, whatever. Oh, multiverse amount? Yeah, whatever. But like, because they, oh, Sylvie killed Kang? I mean, that's, that's really going to be the thing that I think kicks it off is the events of Loki. I think Loki season two and Quantumania, Ant-Man, the next Ant-Man movie will probably culminate or like give us a lot more uh, clear indication as to which route they're going to go with all of these events and how it's going to break. But I think it'll be because there's so many of these things going on. It just causes some sort of instability in the MCU. And it's like, okay, we've got no choice now. The walls are coming down. And because this happened, we all have to fight for survival or whatever. So that was a long answer, dog. Damn. Uh, if you could redo a storyline, what storyline would it be? How would you change it? Um, I'll keep it to Dragon Ball, I guess, because this is a Dragon Ball, gotta find that Dragon Ball podcast. To get back to the basics on that one, uh, I'll keep it to Dragon Ball. I would either, the problem with Dragon Ball, I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd change anything in Dragon Ball Z. I just, I love it too much with all its imperfections, but for Dragon Ball Super, especially doing this podcast, like I've thought a lot more in depth about the stories as not even stories, like episodes week to week, you know? And I say it all the time. Dragon Ball Super has this really, really bad habit of starting off arcs in an interesting place and having them end in the shittiest of the mud. And uh, it's just like, it's frustrating at the end. So, I would probably pick a Dragon Ball Super story. I would either pick the end of the Zamasu arc, because that one ends terribly with the Xeno button, or I would pick the end of the Tournament of Power. The end of the Tournament of Power is kind of a simpler one to explain, maybe. Or is it? I don't really know where to start. I'll go with Zamasu first. Zamasu and the Xeno button, that's very annoying to me. Um, given the trend of power-ups in the, in the Dragon Ball world uh, as of late, couldn't you have just, like, wished, you know, to have Zamasu, like, on the, like, really, dude, you had to have, like, the Xeno button just erase it? Yeah, I don't know. It got so crazy at the end of Zamasu, like, there was no other way to do it, but in a show called Dragon Ball, I bet y'all could have figured a way to use the Dragon Balls to make it happen, and at that point, it wouldn't have felt like cheating like it does in the terms of these uh, power-ups that they've been given to people. It would have been like last move, desperation attempt. We need the super dragon balls to be able to unwish what Zamasu has done or split his body or whatever. Seal him away in a mafuba. Also, the Tournament of Power, uh, you know, that's how this podcast started uh, five years ago, 2017. Coming up, baby, August, August 13th, 2017 is roughly the anniversary of this show. I uh, talked a lot about the Tournament of Power back then with the boys and it was theorizing every single week. There was no comic to go off of. So that was so, that was like the fun part of the show back then for me and, and everyone. But we didn't know how it was going to end. And I thought in my brain, 
all the universes would get erased except Universe 7 at the end, obviously. And I thought the wish would be not to restore all the previously uh, erased universes, but to bring all the previously erased people to live in Universe 7. Because earlier in Dragon Ball Super, in the anime, they do make a comment. uh, I believe it's around the time when they're doing like the universal uh like they do that thing where they they give them the numbers right i can't remember what the numbers are called but it's like your universal power rating or something and like the top four universes don't have to compete because theirs is the highest they're safe whenever they're doing those calculations i remember them making reference of how many uninhabited uni- uh planets were within universe seven and that's why we're pulling from this small group of Goku's uh, buddies, because most of the planets in Universe 7 were uninhabited. I'm like, oh, oh, oh okay. That's a real easy fix. We could, uh, we got a bunch of open planets, man. Why don't y'all just come live with us? And then we've got the most packed, robust Dragon Ball universe of all goddamn time. You want to fast track adventures and just have random shit happen all the time for the rest of your goddamn life within the Dragon Ball world? Boom, everyone lives in Universe 7. That would have been the fastest way to fast-track this series with with stories for the... I don't know. I mean, I guess you still can. Like, those universes still exist, but it's like, oh, we gotta travel three weeks. Let's get a nice uh, filler chapter where Goku and Vegeta are swimming in a pool on a spaceship and eating ice cream. Fuck out of here. Good question. Thank you for that. How would you bring back Android 17 and 18? Uh, I got news for you. They're already back. 18's married to Krillin. She's a mom. She's very much around all the time. 17, he's off on the island. I wish he would be back more often. I wish he was like a regular, like, member of the, of the Z crew or whatever. The, the Dragon Warriors. But, yeah, man, they're already back. How did Frieza forget that Goku fought Majin Buu? Okay, and that comes from my buddy Flynn Hendricks. If you guys didn't go listen to me and Flynn chop it up a few weeks ago on the I Know You Hear Me podcast, go check it out, man. I had a really good time talking with him, and I got to talk with him about not only Dragon Ball, but just being a podcast producer in general for so many uh, shows and stuff. But I believe I know where your question is coming from, Flynn. Um, In the Majin Buu arc in the anime, there is heavy filler scenes from... All of the villains in hell watching on this giant crystal ball. Goku and Majin Buu fighting it out. And Cell and Frieza are featured prominently. It's like a million Easter eggs. However, that was never featured in Toriyama's manga. That is not canon, my friend. So, when they do make the Battle of Gods and uh, Revival of F movies, Toriyama's going off of you know his own, uh, his own manga story, his own manga canon to make those two stories, even though they're animated. I talked about this a few weeks ago and why the current Dragon Ball Super canon is so fucking convoluted. And this is kind of where it starts to get muddy is that it's a Toriyama story, but it's not in manga. It's a, it's a movie. And then the movie was repurposed for an anime and yeah. So, and then the anime is the only thing out there and there's no comic preceding it. So it's like, what even is canon anymore? But when those movies were made, it was with the Toriyama manga canon in which Frieza was never in hell watching Goku fight Majin Buu. I think a better question would have been, why the fuck is Frieza allowed to retain his body at all? Even if it is in a cocoon hanging from a tree 
with a bunch of little teddy bears doing some uh, marching band shit underneath him. I thought that was like a big no-no. Evil motherfuckers don't get their bodies retained. What's up with that, Toriyama? Toriyama! Couple more questions. If you were hired as a showrunner for a spinoff, what character would you focus on? Again, I'm going Dragon Ball on this because do you guys know that I love Dragon Ball? It is a very popular meme that I'm sure the majority of this audience has seen at one point or another. Uh, it's been suggested by a million fans over the course of uh, the last 20 plus years, but I think this would be, this is where my brain first goes. This would probably be my pick, but I think I've got a second pick as well. Obviously, I want a Vegeta spinoff. Show me a kid Vegeta spinoff. Start me around the same age as Vegeta, I guess. Uh, I was going to say the same age as Goku, like have those be parallel, but fuck it. Start Vegeta even younger. Start him off like learning when he when it's first time for him to put on some Saiyan armor and a cape. And that's how the story starts. And he trains with his father and he goes off and does missions with Nappa and Raditz and all that stuff. Like, I want to see that story. I believe the meme calls it uh, Dragon Ball Z Royal Blood because, you know, he's a prince. That's a stupid fucking name. You don't don't call it Royal Blood. All right. Don't even call it Dragon Ball unless you do call it Dragon Ball. And then you call it Dragon Ball V for Vagina. I mean, Vegeta. That'd be cool. But I also was thinking about it, and I would also love to see a Future Trunks story. Now, I know what you're thinking. What do you mean a Future Trunks story? He's already in Dragon Ball Z. We already know what happens. Nah. All right. I want the Future Trunks story to pick up where everybody gets killed by the androids. Kind of similar to how the beginning of the TV special starts. And then he goes and does his training with Gohan. We see a more built out version of that and how Trunks actually trains. Like, I love that TV special, but it's just such a... I mean, first of all, it's not much of a story. It's more of just like a retelling of events, right? That we kind of already have a hint of, but we do get this cool character in future Gohan. I want to see more of future Gohan, man. And then I could watch a series where... They kind of redo the Cell games or with the Android Saga, kind of from Trunks' perspective, although I doubt they'd ever do something like that. Uh, fuck it. Fast forward through the Dragon Ball Z stuff and just get me Trunks on the other side of it. And he goes back to his world. And then before you know it, uh, some bad shit starts happening. Uh, Zamasu, Goku Black, like... You could... Some of the in-between stuff for Trunks, I just feel like there's untapped potential for storytelling there. And uh, Trunks is my... I don't know. I always go between the three characters, right? Trunks, Goku, Vegeta. Those are my big three, you know? Um, I would. I love spending time with that character for the most part. Uh, he gets a little bitchy toward the end of the Cell games, and he's like, I got a hole in my heart. Hole in my trunks. Blah, blah, blah. But, uh, I don't know, like dystopian Dragon Ball stories where like the world is shit to bed, and we have but a few heroes left to fight against the evil, and they're likely going to die every time they have to do it. That's some high stakes stuff, man. Sign me up. Okay. Last question. Advice on starting a podcast of my own. So some of you may know, I make a lot of podcasts. This one uh, for a long time, coming up on 300 episodes, like official episodes, I guess. But I've also helped launch, you know, well over a dozen now different podcasts for various businesses throughout the country. And usually they use them as like a marketing funnel 
you know, to like pop leads into the top. I work with like a lot of financial advisors and things like that uh, to produce podcasts for them that they use as marketing material and stuff like that. So this question is not a bad one. I am a podcast host for the last five years and I make a lot of podcasts. My advice is if you want to start a podcast, think about it. <laughs> Seriously, put some thought into it, man. My first question for you would be, why do you want to start a podcast? What's the purpose of you starting a podcast? What do you intend to do with it? Now, you're probably thinking, that's a dumb question. I want to talk with my friends about shit I like. Okay, cool. I'm glad that could be a fun thing to do. I wouldn't do what I do without that exact line of thought. I just want to put on some microphones, grab some beers, talk some shit with my pals, whatever. But really think, what is my show going to do for people? What is it going to be about? Because some people go a little too broad. Like I have a lot, I know a lot of other podcasters who try to be the catch-all uh, sort of geek show. We talk about comics, we talk about movies, we talk about TV shows, we talk about video games. It's like, oh... Okay, when you try to talk about everything, it usually ends up being that you're talking about nothing, man. People laugh at me when I say that I have a podcast about Dragon Ball Z, and then they see my numbers and they shut the fuck up. When other people ask me to talk about animes that I've never really seen or like don't particularly care enough to even watch, or like I've seen it and it's like, yeah, it's all right. I don't have much to say about it. Understand that, like, just because if I watch an anime, I'm not going to 100% talk about it on Super Dope. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what the audience shows up here to do each week. You guys expect me to talk about Dragon Ball, right? So it's just like an example of niche down. Figure it out. Figuring out what it is you want to do on your show is super fucking important, okay? But then you also have to figure out what's the value that I personally bring to these people who will tune into my show. So... I don't know, dude. Let's let's say you want to make a show about like uh, Pokemon cards, okay? Pokemon cards. I just said it like I'm fucking 55 years old. You want to make a show about Pokemon cards? That's cool. Do some research. How many other Pokemon card shows are there out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, things like that? That'll give you an idea of what your competition looks like in terms of people that you're going to be competing with for people's ears. And then you can kind of see like, what do they do? What's their value to their listener? And that can kind of help you get some ideas on what the value is that you can provide to your listener. When it comes to Super Dope, my value that I provide to people who like Dragon Ball, I mean, I kind of know my stuff. I've been watching Dragon Ball since I was like six or seven years old. I've Dragon Ball has always been one of my absolute favorite things. And as a consequence, I just happen to know a lot of shit about it casually without really trying because, again, favorite thing. But also, I think my value to this is, uh, I'd like to think that I, I don't take it super seriously. Like, we just try to have a good time and have fun. And there are a lot of people out there in the Dragon Ball sphere who just take it a little too seriously and make it less fun. And fuck that. It's a show about punching other strong guys in the face that I've been watching since I was uh, seven. Yeah, and it's made for 10-year-olds in Japan. So, like... 
I think that's my value. Like that's my different, uh, sort of unique angle or perspective on the subject. I feel like I'm rambling now, but understand, okay, what it is you're going to talk about, why you're the person who's going to talk about it and why people are going to want to come back to watch or listen to your podcast every week. Cause if you can't answer those three questions, dude, don't start a podcast. There's already too fucking many of them until you seriously sit down and say, this is the value I can provide people. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk about it by, uh, you know, doing a, B and C uh, until you can answer those three things. Don't start a podcast. Actually, this is making me want to start a podcast about how to start a podcast. I could talk about that. I do talk about this shit all day. Like I get to pitch business owners a few times a month. I'm like, this is what podcasting can do for you, but you need to think about these things first. So those are the first three big questions. If you can't answer those questions first, work on those questions, and then we can move on to the other stuff. But let's assume you've already got those figured out. You already have a game plan on what it is you want to do. A few quick tips that will hopefully serve you well. Uh, I guess one, think about what the name of your show is going to be and how people will have the, um, the pleasant accident of stumbling onto it when they're searching through like Google or Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. Uh, a big reason why I was able to catch an audience, and this was super by design, okay? Uh, the name of the show is called Dragon Ball Super Dope. If some fucking weeb out there decides they want to look for Dragon Ball Super uh, soundtrack music on Spotify, which happens, there's a decent shot that my show is going to come up. Maybe it'll pique their interest and they'll check it out. And, you know, if they like us, they'll stick around. If they don't, hey, man, thanks for checking it out. See you later. So think about that. How are people going to accidentally find you? Because if you think making an Instagram account or a Facebook page or a Twitter page is going to be the thing to let people know that that you have a podcast, Sorry, dude, that is one very, very small piece of the puzzle that you unfortunately need, and it's important to try to stay consistent with it, but social media is not the cure-all for raising awareness about what your show is, okay? So get that shit out of your brain. How are people going to accidentally find you organically through search engines, okay? That's one. Two, you have to, have to, have to have good audio. There are a million, I mean... I would say there's like, what, 400,000 podcasts that are active and regular and put shit out like at least, you know, twice a month. If your audio sucks, dude, I'm not going to labor through it. You could have some real valuable shit to tell me about how you feel about your particular subject. And I could be your perfect mark to want to deliver that information to. If it sounds like shit, especially me, because maybe I'm not a good example on this. uh, But I think that it's more common than you would think. If audio sucks, man, peace. I'm set. I'm all set. I can go find this shit somewhere else. I found you on Google. I can probably find another motherfucker on Google. So presentation is key in that in that point. In that case, you only have a few minutes to make a good uh, first impression with the listener. So try to make sure that your audio, uh, your microphones are on point. Things are relatively quiet. Um, learn some audio editing, definitely, uh, which I guess kind of brings me to my third point. If you're serious about it, that's sick, dude. I'm happy for you. It's a fun thing to make podcasts, but try to be self-sufficient with it. Don't think that if you get a second or third host or something like that, that suddenly the podcast is going to get easier for you to make regularly. I mean, it can if you have dedicated co-hosts. Good luck. (laughs) Dedicated co-hosts are... um, 
They're tough, man. Podcasting is tough. Like everyone thinks they can do it until they have to sit down in front of a microphone and then they realize that they don't have very much to say. They're like, oh, you know, the mic makes me nervous. I don't know why I'm quiet. Like, dude, you're quiet because you don't have shit to say. And that kind of gets back to the first thing I said. What's the value you're going to bring? When you know that you're about to deliver valuable information to people, you deliver it in such a way. Not that what I'm saying is valuable, I guess. I don't fucking know. Who knows? Just don't, don't fucking listen to me, dude. Although do, listen to me though, uh, when you sit down to give people some valuable information versus like, you're just trying to be like, I like this movie, it, you're going to deliver it in two different ways. Yeah, I liked it. Versus like, the reason I liked it is because I think this part of the story did A, B, and C, and that resonated with me because I have this experience where this happened and that made me think of this and this movie kind of married those two ideas together in my brain, so... Whatever the fuck it is you want to do, you're analyzing storytelling, you're giving stock advice, you're telling people how to invest in IRAs. No joke, dog. This is not a lie. My most successful podcast that I manage, okay, is a show about financial advice for optometrists. Specifically optometrists. I have made 192 episodes of it. One of the first clients I ever took on, actually. It is my most successful podcast by far. And when I tell people that, they laugh at me. And then I'm like, yeah, but that client actually made an additional 80,000 fucking dollars last year based off of leads he got from his podcast because he gives good information. But it's information for a very niche market, very small sect of people, optometrists who need financial advice, which is a lot of them because optometrists make a good amount of money. And they're busy, man. They don't know how to invest and do their taxes and all that bullshit. So they go to my boy or they go to his podcast to get information about it. They listen to him talk every goddamn Monday for the last two and a half, three years. And shit, man, longer than that. Fucking four years now. Whatever it is, it builds a rapport with people who then get comfortable with you. You know, the parasocial relationship phenomenon, whatever. They get comfortable. They want to pick up the phone and give you a call. And boom, you guys are doing business. So, um, I guess to recap, I just went on a really long rant that I didn't expect to go on, and uh, I hope this information has been valuable for any um, any podcasters out there. But yeah, um, one, have a purpose, have a clear-cut fucking purpose to make your shit accidentally discoverable in search engines. You can do that by thinking about interesting uh, name for your show, interesting titles for your episodes. Um, if you've got any sort of... Uh, insight into how search engine optimization works that'll be helpful think about that and how those algorithms work uh for like searching you know how to's and all that bullshit uh, how to's why does blah 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 is this blah 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 like answer questions is a good way to increase seo um three have good audio four uh make your make it self-sufficient try to understand that you know it's a one-man operation a lot of the times. Even if you have somebody show up to record a podcast with you, that's like an hour of it, dude. You've already done, hopefully, a couple hours of prep before that, like doing your outlines and setting up your equipment and making sure that your test audio sounds good. You record with somebody for an hour, two hours. You guys have a great time. All right. Word. That's four hours now. Now you got to sit down, turn around, and edit. Learn how to edit. That shit can get expensive uh, sometimes. Do I have anything else I feel like you should know? I would guess in terms of like distribution, uh, get it everywhere you can. 
I use Libsyn. I do podcasts uh, a lot. I usually steer my clients to Libsyn. Like you guys know, I do that song. What's up? Don't you want a podcast? You should go ahead and make a podcast. Libsyn.com. I'm an affiliate of them. You can use my promo code Kyle for like a, a month or something. I don't even know how it works, seriously. But uh, they do a really good job at sending your podcasts to most of the big outlets pretty easily. And it's a paid service. Uh, I think they have plans starting at like 10 bucks, 15 bucks a month. So. Yeah, I don't know. Start a podcast isn't as easy as people think it is, especially if you would like for it to be successful. I've talked to many, 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 many podcast hosts over the last four or five years. Some I've ended up working with, a lot more of them I did not end up working with. Uh, and in a lot of those cases, it was people who were thinking about like revamping their podcast, relaunch. I've helped a lot of people relaunch their podcasts in the past. Uh, just to try to boost visibility on things. And some people, we've had some success, other people not so much success. But it sort of all depends on what you're willing to put into it. And um, I just think people think it's a lot easier than it is. Like making the content itself, or like sitting down to record the content itself, depending on how good you are with the microphone, that is probably going to be the least amount of time consumed in making a podcast. So. Have a uh, have that in mind. I can't believe that this rant is still going on. I guess I should start a start a pod. I think we'll call it "How to Start a Podcast." Podcast. I bet you somebody already has that title. I bet you somebody already has a podcast called "How to Start a Podcast," but mine would be called "The How to Start a Podcast." Podcast. That'd be a way better name. Bet you that shit's taken too. Do your research. You know. Figure out how to make it happen i i'm given like a very uh brief i fucked it i've barely talked about anything i feel like i've just i think i just ranted for 15 minutes about podcasts i'm really not even sure when i started this rant and i feel like i've barely talked about anything at all and just smatterings here and there if you guys do have uh this person who asked uh i love turtles <laughs> scott tennyson uh if you want to hit me up i usually do free consults uh and help people pick their brain for like 30 minutes to try to give them some advice on it. But um, that goes for anybody out there. If you're somebody who either has a podcast currently or is thinking about starting a podcast, I uh, maybe you have a business, maybe you work for like a mortgage company, financial services company, a marketing company, any of those things. And if the businesses that you work for could benefit from having a podcast, um, I talk with businesses all the time. Uh, feel free to hit me up. Um, you can email me at dbsuperdope at gmail.com. Uh, talking about podcasts is my favorite thing to do. So if I do a how to do a podcast podcast, I got to probably do it in seasons, right? Like 10 episode chunks. And like each episode is a question or a topic, maybe. I think I've thought about this before, but like my plate's just so full, man. I had two more businesses walk through the door last week. Like, I need help. Which you know, always good to know, or always good to be recommended by other people to new businesses, but ugh, I don't know, man, this is where I'm going to kind of transition out of the questions and uh, talk about why I didn't put on an episode last week and just where I've been sort of, uh, I've, uh, obviously been super busy working on a million shows. I talked with a podcast consultant last week that, uh, I don't know, man, he's doing like maybe half that's generous, maybe a third, a quarter of the work that I do and makes 
I don't know, no word of a lie, like 25 times more than I do in a month. So I've just been kind of, and like, it was a great conversation. He wasn't a bad guy by any stretch of the imagination. He taught me a lot in our brief, you know, meeting that we had. But like, it's just ever since that conversation, I've been thinking to myself, like, I got to fucking pivot here a little bit and do more consultative stuff instead of, you know, editing seven goddamn podcasts in a week and, you know, having those deliverables, meaning the audio and or video be the thing that I get paid on. I don't know why I'm talking out loud and sharing this shit with you, but uh, yeah, that's kind of where I've been thinking in the last couple of weeks is keeping my head above water with all of the work demanded of me with that in the back burner, just being like, what am I even doing this for? Working too hard for too little. It was also the week after the 4th of July. 4th of July is like a four-day party where I live and for me and all my friends and family. So um, some recovery after that, for sure. But uh, just been busy. And then the dead deer, man. So two days ago, this is again Friday morning. We're coming up on 1030. Uh, Friday morning. So this was Wednesday morning. For whatever reason, I went to bed super, 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 super early on Tuesday night. I was just not feeling great. You know, usually I'm up to like one, two in the morning by the time I, you know, fall asleep. It's usually around then. But this night I went to bed at like 9 30, 10 o'clock. I was fucking wiped. Now, you guys know Farmer Kyle. Ha ha ha. Kyle lives on this farm right fucking now. I live out in the middle of nowhere. Lots of woods all around us. I have a big field that um, is like right along the property that I live on. But on this one stretch of my property, like basically there's a deck on the front of my house. And I sit out there, smoke my cigarettes, drink coffee in the morning, whatever. And I face the garden that we have on our farm. And uh, just beyond the garden is a rock wall. Rock walls are very common in this part of New England as uh property markers, you know, going back to like the 1700s and shit like that. There's all these crazy rock walls around where I live. But on the other side of this garden rock wall is a small family cemetery. And it belongs uh, to a family in town that I actually knew one of their descendants when I was very, very young. Like when I was like six or seven, we knew this woman. She was like, in, she was like 110. No joke. Oldest person I've ever met in my life. I, I think she's buried there now, actually. I don't know. Um, anyway, it's this family cemetery, right? Maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 headstones in total. Super, super small. I've, I've looked at it my entire life, having grown up in this house. So I walk out there Wednesday morning. And I'm smoking a cigarette. I'm sitting in this chair. Facing the garden, facing the cemetery. And I'm just kind of zoned out. You know, I'm like, all right, I put my cigarette out. I put my phone back in my pocket and I go to stand up from the chair. And as I stand up, I look forward and I look to the garden and my eye line elevates as I stand. And it goes from my eye line goes from the dirt in the garden to like the vines that we have on the rock wall to the rock wall to just over the rock wall on the vines. And then it's just a dead fucking baby deer there. Like, just a dead, dead deer. And I'm like, oh my god. This is like 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, dog. I missed this deer getting, ma this baby deer, very small deer, getting massacred like 30, 40 fucking feet away from my deck. I hear coyotes going buck wild. All the time, at least maybe once, twice a week, 
if I'm standing outside in the middle of the night, I will hear them in the distance go, oh, 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 like crazy shit. Sometimes you hear them killing things, and that's a whole different, weird, terrifying experience. And you hear the thing die slowly. But for whatever reason, my body said, go to sleep, Kyle, because a deer's about to get killed 30 feet from your fucking front door. So I did. And uh, I was like, shit, I gotta, I can't just be sitting here looking at this dead fucking deer for like however long. I gotta call animal control. I'm pretty sure I'm the only person who can see this deer. You can't see this deer from the street. You drive by it, you can't see it. It's like in the grass, you know, but I can see it because I'm above it and looking down. I'm like, all right, well, I'll just call animal control then. That's cool. Not a big deal. I'll wait till they open at 10 o'clock. I'll give them a call. It's like, you know, 7, 7.30 in the morning by this point. Boy, by the time I realized that I've been staring at a fucking dead deer for like 30 minutes. Uh, I call him. I'm like, hey, what's up? I live over here. Uh, you know, this is where it's at. It's a cemetery. It's this cemetery. And the woman in animal control is like, oh, yeah, that's private. That's a private, privately owned family cemetery. We can't, we don't pick anything up on private property. I was like, oh, but it's like not a house or anything. It's like a cemetery. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's different. It's like, no, it's owned by this family. So, yeah, we can't do anything about it. So I was like, really? I, I'm just going to have to look at this deer until this family has a landscaping company come and do the grass. Usually like once every three or four weeks. And I haven't seen them in a while. The grass doesn't look bad. I assume that they came around fairly recently and took care of the cemetery so in my brain i'm like fuck i have to wait for these land this random landscaping company (laughs) to come and check this shit out to fucking take care of it how long am i going to be staring at this dead fucking deer a month it could be it could be a week could be however long this morning i'm out there i went to bed sort of early last night woke up to record this and i'm sitting out there having a coffee and having a cigarette and the landscaping crew pulls up big trailer they got their leaf blower and their fucking riding mower in the back on this trailer on the truck so i have a front row seat to these two landscapers finding this dead baby deer they start walking and as they enter they're like oh what's that i I, again i heard all of this just happened a couple hours ago and i was thinking like this is gonna happen in like a month this is gonna happen in like august this is gonna happen august 1st this thing's gonna be super fucking rotted and dead and smell terrible for everybody and it'll take forever for somebody to find it. Because I couldn't figure out, like, how would I contact this family? Never mind the landscaping company that comes and takes care of the, of the property once a month. Like, I have no idea. But they show up and, like, they, they slowly realize they're walking up on a dead something. And I hear them, they're like, oh, yeah, man, that's definitely dead. Ooh, what is that? Oh, my God, it smells. And as they get a little bit closer, this one guy, like, the, the heaviest out of the two guys <laughs> pulls his shirt up over his nose. He's like, oh my God, it smells. <laughs> and like he turns around and starts walking back toward the street. <laughs> I was, oh my God, bro. I legit thought I was going to watch this kid puke. I thought I was watching. I... Oh, I was waiting for the projectile vomit to come out, and it didn't happen, and I wish it would have. <laughs> but the other guy is just, like, standing there in amazement. The last couple of days have been 
very, very hot, very, very humid, like about 85 to 95 degrees over the last two days. Yesterday was cooler than uh, Wednesday. Wednesday was like 90, 95 the whole day. So this thing's been sitting out in the hot sun, humidity, a few like random downpouring thunderstorms, and now it's just sitting out there in the sun again. And I, again, I kind of stopped looking at it, but yesterday that thing was very clearly brown. And it had this little black hole in its stomach, which I thought was like probably bugs swarming it, like swar- swarming a wound or whatever. Um, but I still couldn't tell. I was like, it's not a baby deer. I wasn't going to walk over and look at it. I was all set because I knew it was going to fucking smell. But uh, is it a baby deer? Is it a fox? I thought maybe it was um, a coyote for a sec. I had a half a second where I was like, somebody's dog. But no, it was definitely a deer. Um so the guys come up on it and I stand up. I'm like, hey, man, I, uh, I'm i sorry. I called animal control on Wednesday morning when I saw that. And they said they wouldn't send anybody because it's private property. And the guy said what I said. He's like, it's a cemetery. I was like, yeah, man, I know. But like, it's because it's owned by this one family that buried here that it's private property. So they wouldn't send anybody. I'm like, it's been there for two days, though. Like, I'm glad you guys showed up now as opposed to, like, the first week of August. But this thing was, this guy was shook, man. Like, I'm yelling at him, like, you know, 30-ish feet away. And this guy was, like, literally, the one guy, it smelled so bad, he ran away back toward the street gagging. And that was so fucking funny that I, I (laughs) I start laughing about it again. But the other dude was just so awestruck by how consumed the entire thing's body was with maggots. I didn't have my glasses on. So I couldn't tell. But when I put my glasses on later, this deer went from like light brown to black in like 48 hours. And it's because black because it's being consumed by fucking maggots over there, bro. Oh my God. That maggots in that dirt. It's all like old timey ass motherfuckers. Like I think the last woman who got buried there was again less than twenty years ago. Before that, it was like nineteen sixty before a motherfucker got buried. Since a motherfucker got buried in there, those maggots are starving, man. You're gonna eat a baby deer, no doubt. <sighs> Dead baby deer. I like woke up to that and I was like, "This is an omen." It was a bad omen, dude. So I texted like one of my friends who's like, uh, you know, into that stuff, omens and. I don't want to say astrology. I feel like that's the wrong word for it. But I was like, yo, Joanne, what's the deal? If I wake up and walk outside my door and uh, there's a dead deer there. She's like, oh, sure it's a deer? I'm like, yeah, I think so. It could be a fox. She's like, oh, you better hope it's a deer, dude. Thankfully, it was a deer. If it was a fox, I guess the chickens would be coming home to roost. Actually, she said something about finances, foxes, I don't know, paying taxes. Who knows? I'm, I'm rambling now, but that's the dead deer story. That's some podcast advice. That's how I feel about Dragon Ball. Kind of a random bag of crap episode, right? Isn't that how I framed it at the beginning of this? I can't believe I've been talking for almost 90 minutes. I can't wait to edit this shit down. I meant to make this like 30 minutes, but you know, love to hear myself talk. If you love to hear me talk, help me out, okay? Help me out. Go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Write something nice so people see that real people listen to the show. That helps me out. It's like social proof, you know? They're like, oh, this this guy clicked a few buttons and wrote some things that sound very nice. Maybe this show is worth my time. That's helpful. You can go subscribe on YouTube. I think I've got over 200 YouTube followers now. 
Isn't that hilarious, considering I put literally zero effort into it for the first however long? <laughs> now I at least make the attempt to make thumbnails. Uh, you can go subscribe there. There's links in the show notes. You can support us on Patreon, buy us a coffee. I keep saying us, but it's mostly just me. Uh, but yeah, those are the things. August is coming up in a couple of weeks. And like I said at the beginning, five years for Super Dope. Didn't think I'd still be doing this, but I also thought maybe the anime would be back and I'm... Ugh. Whatever, that's the eternal fucking joke of my life. August, we will have a couple of very special episodes coming out. Uh, a couple of special guests. We'll probably do some sort of party with uh, the boys. The boys meaning um, Jimmy, Mike, maybe Brandon. Brandon's got me doing sound for his band these days. And uh, not to toot my own horn, but... I fucking killed it at their last gig, and they sounded awesome, and uh, the bar wanted to hire them again and all that stuff, but now that I'm, like, talking with Brandon semi-consistently again for the first time in a while, uh, maybe I can get him to do a super dope. Bitch owes me. And you know what? As far as I'm concerned, he owes you, too. You the people. If you don't remember Brandon, you only listen to, like, recent episodes. He did a lot of the early episodes of uh, Super Dope Tournament of Power Style in the old room and uh yeah truly this is just the most rambly podcast i've made in a long time we'll see what else august has in store i've got a couple other irons in the fire but i'm not sure if they'll go anywhere uh we'll see we'll see uh, it's always tough dude like you have the best intentions and then people's schedules just or like they just blow you off sometimes you're like oh you want to do that nah. but like they don't even say nah. they just don't get back to you so we'll see how August goes. It'll be a celebration. I don't know if that's how I end the show. There's a multiverse of madness out there where uh instead of doing the Dragon Ball Super closing song like I do, or theme song as a closing, instead of doing that, I end it with Makufushigi Adventure. Don't you know that there is a different podcast? Out there in the multi first that's just like this. Nah, that's fucking stupid. I have got to end my show like this. Yeah. Otherwise I feel unresolved. It's like ending on a on a two chord. Instead of back on the one. Who the fuck ends on a two? Assholes. Jazz assholes. Goodbye.